There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Brett screwed Brett. Die, Rocky, die. Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE with new interviews with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes... You know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away? Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. All right, everybody, what a show, what a day of pro wrestling. Welcome, everyone, to the Ringer Wrestling Spotify Live AEW All Out After Show. Make sure to get in there in the chat. Let us know what you thought of the show as we get things going. We got the wrestling chick in the chat, Andy Rosenberg, David Velasquez, Rob Brace, and uh, Josh Horth in the chat. Excited to see what you guys thought about the show. Lots of stuff happened. Lots of things went down. That's what you can expect with a five-hour show, I guess. Uh, we got Phil here already. Phil, uh, before we get started, uh, I mean, long weekend of wrestling, right? Oh, my God. Jack, I also, you know, I have a column for every week for TheRinger.com. Yeah. The website we both work for. And so the other thing that I do, besides writing about AEW, WWE, is I write about the rest of the wrestling world. So I also watch like 10 other shows. Jeez, it's, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, I was watching GCW and Noah. <laughs> I mean, it, did everyone, it's like, did we need some kind of like governing body of pro wrestling to uh, make sure that we like separate the weekends a little bit. I feel like I've watched about 40 hours of wrestling in three days. It's, it's incredible. But what's crazy is I feel like there was so, so much good stuff. I mean, we have stuff I'm sure we'll nitpick in a little bit as, uh, as we wait here for the rest of the crew to arrive as we wait for Nick to show up. But um but uh, lots of stuff. You said you watched some other stuff as we as we wait for for Nick to get here. Oh, Nick! Nick's showing up here. Nick, thanks for uh, coming to the party. Yeah, sorry, I was there. I didn't know I had to raise my hand because it's been like a couple of months since I've done this. So I was like, <laughs> I'm here. Do I just let myself in? How does this work? 
Uh, man, we were just talking about how so much wrestling went on this weekend. Uh, did you, uh, before we get into the big news, which everyone wants to talk about, I want to make sure everyone has a chance to settle in and find their seats. Uh, why they do, we're not going to dive in too deep to Worlds Collide, but did you get a chance to either of you to watch it? Uh, Nick, since you just got here, we'll start with you. Did you get oh, yeah. a chance to watch Worlds Collide? And if so, what yeah. did you think of that show? Why, oh, I loved why it. we wait for everyone to come in? I, I, I saw it and I loved it. I thought it was a really, really good show. Um, I, I really love Tyler Bate. So I in particular enjoyed the uh, main event, but yeah, I, I watched everything this weekend somehow, uh, even with the kid running around and, uh, she enjoyed it. So <laughs> yeah. both of us enjoyed this weekend's wrestling up until a EW, which is way past her bedtime. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think it's past everyone's bedtime with how the show goes, but, uh, uh, we'll get into the AEW in a second, but, so um, yeah, I watch, yeah, Phil, I watch everything. Just, you know that yeah. I watch all wrestling. Yeah. If it if happens, NXT if it happens, UK, I watch, you watch it all. <laughs> yeah. So I watched, uh, I watched that show and I, I thought it was, I thought it was really good. And I, uh, you know, that opener, even though that isn't really my kind of wrestling, was done about as well as that kind of wrestling can be done. Uh, Ricochet and, and Carmelo Hayes, great match. Oh. And everything was really good. I, you know, I, I'm a Miko, I'm a old school Gaia tape trader. I'm, so I got a lot of time for Miko Satamura. So it was really cool to watch her get like a, you know, a, sort of a spotlight match, you know, which is a pretty mm-hmm. crazy thing that you wouldn't necessarily expect to happen. You know, you told me Miko Satamura is going to be on a big WWE show like, you know, four or five years ago. I would think you're crazy. So that, that I thought was really cool. And, it is uh, interesting to go back. If you could go back to the beginning of NXT 2.0 and like what they were doing, if you could be like, yeah, Miko Satamura, she's going to be facing like fighting for the championship on this show. You'd be like, wait, what? What are you talking about on 2.0? But here we are. Uh, it happened. And uh, yeah, Ricochet and Carmelo about as clean of a match as you could ever have, I think. Um, yeah, it's really frustrating. You know, I pick one match a week, and sometimes the WWE will have, you know, a Raw back in the NXT, and I'll be like, yeah, this, you know, Raw tag was okay. I guess I'll write about that. And then this week, they've got, you know, I don't know, I could have written about eight or nine different things uh, about, about because they had some, put out so much good wrestling. And, you know, AEW obviously puts out a, you know, a five-hour uh, pay-per-view in addition to, you know, their two shows, too. So uh, an embarrassment of riches uh, yeah, for me to write about this week, so. Yeah, it was a, it was a great show, and let's get into let's get or great weekend. Let's get into the um, the show though. Let's just get into what everyone is talking about. And this show broke down in a way that makes it very difficult for someone like me to kind of put all this together. But we get because uh, <laughs> they've got stuff from the beginning. There's the like end. fifteen <laughs> matches. Oh my yeah. god! So like by the opener, I was years younger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was a uh, I was a different person when the show started. So uh, we uh, let's just talk about the big thing. MJF MJF comes out at the end, and I've been saying for since he's left, I don't know how they're going to bring him back in a way that's going to make me boo him because I loved him when he left. That I was there in LA, everyone was cheering for him, and I was thinking if he says he wants to get fired, why would he ever come back for anything? But they had that beautiful little package play before he comes out where you hear tony khan's voice basically saying i'll give you whatever you want please come back and i was totally sold cm punk mjf seems to be the future nick what are you thinking as this show goes off the air and as we're talking about it everyone in the chat let me know what you thought about mjf tonight um take it away I, I don't know if I'm getting in trouble for saying this. 
I was kind of like, oh, okay. Like I thought it was a very clever thing to do. And I think it was very obvious it was MJF when they got he got the chip. But I guess I was this is this is a little on me. I didn't I thought he was gonna like cash in the chip. Like I thought there was going to be more of a like, yeah, obviously it was you, MJF. I, I, I didn't think the reveal worked because I think we all kind of knew. Like he wiped his feet when he, before he walked in the ring. Like we all knew it was MJF. If he's coming back, why is he coming back? Like I thought it was cool. I'm happy MJF is back, but I thought they could have done more than just have him come out and like stare at him from far away. That's they, that's how I felt. That's WWE brain stuff, man. They don't do those like last minute cash and things in AEW. But even even just having him like come down to the ring would have been better than like, hey, I'm up here and you're over there. Like I don't know. And the crowd by that time they had gotten back up for the main event, but you're talking like an hour where it was a real struggle for them. So I think that they thought they were going to get this enormous pop and they got a big one, but I, it wasn't sustained. I don't know. I thought it was, I don't want to say lackluster, but I didn't think it was, I thought the voicemail part was really cool. I thought the actual him coming out was kind of, uh, it disappointed me. I, I thought it was a little weird that they paid for sympathy for the devil, which had to have yeah. cost a fucking fortune. And then didn't play it when he came out again. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go ahead and write the goddamn check, you should be playing sympathy for the devil throughout the entire main event. Like it's a new Jack match. Yeah. Like that. It's like, that's what it's like a mid tier linebacker. Just pay it, man. Like <laughs> I, you know, it's, and it's funny too, because uh, they clearly, I feel like they didn't like test it when they first did it because they didn't realize that that intro is forever when they started playing it, uh, when they started playing sympathy for the devil, like, like you got to cut that beginning off and just get to the good part. Yeah. Just please allow song. me to introduce myself. I'm a man. Yeah. Like you just start with that. Like, <laughs> that, yeah, that's, no, like a, I, that's like a seven minute song. They take their time getting going. You can see Stokely kind of like waiting, like, okay. Yeah. That's like the non-radio edit, edit of, I will possess your heart as somebody's entrance <laughs> music. It's like, <laughs> Uh, I love I love the messaging behind it, but you know what? I think you're right. What I because what I was getting, what I thought when MJF came out and with the whole thing, and, and we'll kind of mix in, I guess, the casino ladder match in this as well. I thought the idea was we were supposed to know it's MJF, but since we're not seeing him, there's that supposed to be, is it, could it be, kind of thing that they were going to play with for a little bit. So then when he came out and just unmasked, I was like, oh well, yeah, then it didn't really matter that we didn't know who he was, or he should have been a little more vague about who he was before yeah uh, exactly i think it would either one would have been fine they should have done something more or had it be less obvious that it was clearly mjf he could have just had the scarf on when he came out like <laughs> right because yeah i mean yeah if there's somewhere like you know like one of those things where we all know but we're not gar- like promising it's him so there's like we're still waiting for his music hit for the first time or whatever but um I mean, I like kind of where we're at. I want to go to this uh, this main event, though, because, uh, Phil, I want your thoughts on this main event. I feel like they, try, they tried to compress three months of story into a week and a half with uh, MJ or with uh, Punk and, and John Moxley. And for some reason, even though the performances all made sense, it felt like it was so clear where they were going with this. I felt like I wanted to reject the story they were telling, if that makes sense. I mean, I, I really liked that match. I thought it was, I thought it was the match of the night. Um, I am a sucker for a bloody main event world title wrestling match, which was what that was. 
And I, I don't know, it does feel like maybe if you had just had them cut a couple of promos with each other for a couple of weeks and not done the two minute, it felt like I, I, I did feel like it, it, maybe that match was a little less over because they did the thing in Cleveland and it may, may have outfought themselves a little bit. Like, I don't think yeah. it needed that. I did think it set up nicely that first minute near fall with Puck with the idea that, wow, they really might do this thing where these matches can end at any moment. And that yeah. might be a, a thing that is a useful thing going forward in big AEW matches. But the idea is, yeah, this could end in two minutes. You don't, we don't necessarily need to see everybody tease their finisher and hit their finisher and reverse their finisher at the end of a match. Maybe it just adds. So I... I don't know. I was, I was torn with, by the storyline part of it. I, I really liked the match. I thought it delivered on a, at the end of a pay-per-view where I think some a, a fair amount of other things underwhelmed a bit. So I'm happy. I thought that match came out and delivered what it needed to do. Um, yeah, and, and, and to your point, like, it's weird because as I break it down, I think in my head, like, yeah, the match was great. And CM Punk's promo was great. And uh, Mox was great. Like, every piece of it was great. I just, for some reason... I guess, like I said, it, it, I felt like I got what they were doing too much and it felt a little too on the nose that this is the can CM Punk survive and get the win. Like, it almost felt too obvious. So, like I said, every piece of it, if you ask me, do I like it? I was like, yeah, that was great. But for some reason, I just felt like, I don't know, like there's this like rejection in me that's like, I, I saw where they were going and therefore I, I, I don't know. I, I can't explain it. There's just that thing there. Nick, th- am I making sense or am I crazy? Oh, no, totally. It's... There's a difference between being predictable and like making logical sense. And I think it veered a little bit too much into being predictable as opposed to being like, oh, yeah, this, then that. I, I think that's what happened, at least for me. And I, I de- but I definitely have the same feeling you do. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing, I, don't, I don't think there's nothing wrong with doing the sensible thing. Oh, that's having, exactly what I'm having, saying. I mean, it was, would have been more interesting if I, you could have said, I would have been more surprised if it Raiders of the Lost Ark had won, had ended with the Nazis winning. But that's not <laughs> what happened, right? Instead, they lost. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's like, you know, bosses, Nazis, but I'm saying that there's nothing wrong with something just doing the story that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Rather than necessarily looking for some sort I'm of. I'm glad we got to the Godwin rule in the first 26 <laughs> minutes of the podcast. <laughs> Oh, that's that's great. I think that that kind of sums up the whole. <laughs> Not really much more we can add there, but uh, um, it looks like uh, Carlos in the chat saying the story didn't make sense, but going in, but the ending was the payoff. Uh, Wrestling chick says it fell flat, um, and then David says I have a feeling we have seen the last of Malachi Black and AW. That's something totally different. Uh, too much blood. Uh, some other stuff there, but let's. Um, too much blood. Too, too much blood. I felt like not enough on his pants. If you're going to wear white, I, 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 I mean, he had a like, lot of blood on his pants. I, I, I mean, I guess it may be at some point. Uh, it's hard when he's the one bleeding, right? I mean, if you yeah, really want exactly. the play, if Moxley's the one who's bleeding, you can get more blood on the white pants. I thought we had Which, enough blood. A fine amount I, of blood on the white player. I think it might have been you that no, it was Jack that said it. That like, yeah, yeah. I was trying, somebody said it. Like it was a miracle. He didn't bleed. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Moxley does those two kinds of matches, right? He does matches where he bleeds a lot, and then he has the match where he makes the other guy bleed a lot, right? Well, I mean, like, yeah, you know, I he didn't but bleed they're... in the Wheeler Yuta match. He didn't bleed in the in the fifth music match. The other guy bled a ton. I don't think he bled in the Affy match. You know, like he, that's, he has that kind of match too. Where I'm going to open this other guy. I don't know. If it makes Someone's sense for him bleeding. To bleed. 
it's like it's yeah, like somebody, wearing the same thing. Somebody's going to bleed. It's not always him. <laughs> it's like wearing the same thing as someone else. You can't, like, oh, you're wearing that. I can't wear that. <laughs> well, thank God you had the picture because I was going to wear that exact suit. Thank yes. You. <laughs> uh, it's funny yeah. how much like hard way kept happening on the show. First, you knew the main event was going to be blood soaked, right? And then yeah. like kept on being like, oh, like now, like I'm black's eyes bleeding from something. <laughs> <laughs> well, we let's talk about Malachi Black. We had the House of Black versus Miro, Darby, Allen, and Sting. Uh, and this one, I'm going to be honest. This one, I, there's a lot of matches here for the show. Like I, I enjoyed the show, but there's a lot of matches on the show that I felt like this is a dynamite match. Like you could do this on dynamite, and it would have been just fine. Or it's fine on a pay per view. But also, we've got 47 matches on the pay per view. We can do this at a different time, but. House of Black, I kind of, Miro's kind of doing his own thing in this whole thing, but it all kind of comes down to uh, Sting looking like he's going to be the weak link before spitting the mist, and then Darby gets the pin on Malachi Black. Uh, I, Nick, where do they go from, the, from this? I like all the pieces, but I don't really know. Like, I, I, like, I felt well, like... Malachi Black's I, going back to Amsterdam for six months pretty clearly. Yeah, That's yeah, where I, he goes from here is... is uh, it's because he's he's clearly. I mean, I think, I think you know he's apparently going through some mental health issues, and I think that's what's happening. I don't think he's he's not going to Stanford, Connecticut. I think he's going home for a little bit and get kind of clearing his head up. Um, and so I think this is the end of that. I think they're probably going to do something else with Brody King and, and Buddy Matthews. Um, but I think this is it for the House of Black for a while. Is my so do you think thought. Buddy and, and Brody might be like just a tag team, or do you think they're going to set? Because it feels like without Malachi Black, I don't really they don't really feel like a team together. Yeah, maybe they're a tag team. I don't know. I mean, uh, I found it very strange that I noticed in this match that Buddy Matthews has one small tattoo on his back, and I assume that the reason he <laughs> didn't have any tattoos was because he was like an Orthodox Jew or something like that. He didn't want to be sure he was, wanted to be buried in a cemetery. But if you're going to have like have one small tattoo and you're the House of Black, get tattoos all over your body. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. About. I, I my my only an opinion like about Buddy Matthews. Yeah. Buddy Matthews shows up tattooed tattoo. everywhere. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he gets tattooed everywhere tattoo. and they're like, oh, we're going to break up the group. Oh, um, what? <laughs> I got your faces on my chest. Guys. <laughs> best friends forever. Uh, yeah. No, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't like Darby Allen. I don't. I, this match, I really enjoy. Wait, Nick, Allen. you don't like Darby Allen? No, that's an insane, why. That's an insane opinion. I, no, wow, it's not everyone it, like Darby Allen. That's like somebody it, saying, "Oh, you know what? I fucking can't stand pizza." Uh, well, some people don't like pizza. Some people are lactose intolerant, Phil, yeah, or gluten that. intolerant. This what is the, rude, what man. The, let's let's go now. I'm, 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 are no, you I'm, trying to get canceled, bro? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm coming after you, Nick. Yeah, no, what I, don't you like about yeah. Darby Allen? Uh, no, I just, he kind of, I don't know. It's a little uh, poor man, Chef Hardy to me. I don't know. I just, it's flippy spinny. There's just a lot I'm not super into. I don't think he's the worst wrestler, but I just, it's its not my style kind of thing. I, I just, he's not my vibe. Uh, but I don't know, this, this team uh, didn't really either work for me uh, in terms of, I understand they have history. But the Miro Darby stuff seemed kind of, I don't want to say pointless, but it didn't really go anywhere, at least for me. Uh, and I just, with the House of Black, yeah, I think they're pretty much over, especially if Malachi is leaving. I can't imagine Brody King not just doing single stuff. Uh, and I don't think they want to have two like former teammates 
who one guy's a big guy and one guy's a small guy, and they're going to get into a feud where the big guy eats the small guy alive, but the small guy is maybe a better wrestler, which is what they're going to do with Lucha and Luchasaurus and Jack, I assume. So yeah, I think they're I, I think they're just going to kind of go their separate ways. Not like Ryback and Curtis Axel, but just like not talk to each other anymore. Well, lot of lot of disrespect for Darby in the chat. By the the way, the wrestling chick, Carlos, uh, Gary, uh, Santi, man, not a lot of I, love for Darby am, in here. I'm the voice of the voiceless, Jack. I thought <laughs> true, not, true nonsense by both my my good friend Nick in the chat. Darby <laughs> Allen's a top five or so wrestler in AEW. I, I really... I, I mean, kind of wasted in this uh, the Sting tag. I'd also like to, as much as I have adored Sting in this run, I'd like to see him... Uh, I'd like to see him sort of take a step back for a little while. I think they've been hitting the Sting button a little too hard. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. I and, wholeheartedly agree, yeah. So, and, and I'd like to see Darby Allen go get some singles matches again because I think he's a really, really uh, incredible singles wrestler. Yeah, that might be it. I liked him a lot more when he was, it's just the whole like uncle sting is here. We're going to beat people up because that's what we do. Like, I don't know. It just, that's the vibe it gets. I mean, I've I've legitimately loved all those sting matches. I just think that at some point, I think maybe, you know, the next one should be in six months. Yeah, exactly. I think. They I mean, again, I understand why you're hesitant to do that because Sting yeah. is only getting older. So it's not like I'm going to give him six months off, and all of a sudden that's going to—he's, you know, he's just going to be getting older and older and older. And maybe you want to try to use him as much as you can before he, you know, completely uh, falls apart. But uh, I think that this—I think it's getting to be a little bit diminishing returns. Oh, I also assumed this was going to be the stunt show match of the of the pay per view. Yeah, exactly a normal yeah. six-man tag after already having a bunch of other six-man tags on the show. Uh, yeah, the, the ending was gimmicked, but outside of that, yeah, I thought there was going to be a lot more gimmicking of this match, and it was mostly a pretty straightforward six-person match, and the only time, like, it really got crazy is when I think Buddy Matthews hit uh, Miro it was with the bat, but they didn't even, like, get a good shot of it. So, yeah, I, 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 thought, I thought there was going to be a lot more action in this match than there was in terms of, like, crazy stuff happening because it should be smoke and mirrors considering you guys have to come out you have guys that come out like behind smoke and mirrors. So like, it just felt like they just didn't translate that to the ring. Oh, hold up. Smell test. Go ahead. Sniff those pits. Now your bits, feet, toes. Come on. Ugh. Could be fresher, right? It's all good. Old Spice Total Body Deodorant Spray is gentle enough to use all over your body giving you 24-7 lasting freshness with daily use, from pits to toes and down below. So every smell test gets a... <sighs> Shop for Old Spice Total Body Deodorant. Let's go to Lionheart Chris Jericho and the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. I've been wanting to ask this all night, like ever since this match happened. Phil, who would win in a fight, a dragon or a Lionheart? A dragon or a lion heart? A dra- I mean, <laughs> I, probably I a dragon. dragon if it's just like a, if a dragon and a lion, also probably a dragon, right? They're much thicker. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, they, and they breathe fire. Like yeah. the dragon could cook the lion, yeah, and the know. lion does not understand the f- concept of fire. So, like, <laughs> so I think right there. makes sense. I mean, yes, I think a lion. Exactly. I think a lion would beat a komodo komodo dragon. 
What about yeah, the American maybe. dragon? But they got the poisonous fangs. It's not, or I guess their saliva is poisonous. Let's not. Yeah, it's just, uh, <laughs> but, a lot bigger. So, so I know you're a bloody match kind of guy, though, and um, and I know you like violence, all this other stuff. This was a a actual like wrestling match, though, and uh, Jericho gets the win after cheating a little bit. Did this one do it for you? Did you uh, did you like it? I am also a, a, a wrestling guy. You know, uh, I don't want to only be one. Yeah. No, I I thought I don't know. I, I am a, I am a uh, yeah. I'm obviously an enormous Brian Danielson fan. I think this is one of the weaker matches he's had since his AEW thing. I just don't think it a hundred percent worked. Um, I liked it because it was pretty violent. Like in, in in a way, like you know, oh, like there the it is. punches and the kicks and the, <laughs> no, but I mean, so, I, like, like no, no, sorry, somebody just said LOL at great value MGK, and I, <laughs> sorry, Phil, I don't mean to interrupt, but that, right. God bless you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was really violent, like like the punches and the kicks and stuff like that, and the chops. It was really hard hitting. I thought the structure of it was a little wonky, and I don't know, it just it just felt like maybe. They give this one a long time, and it probably would have been better served if it was a little shorter. As much as I enjoy watching Brian, you know, we'll watch Brian Daniels and Russell for a really long time with enthusiasm. I thought this one felt a little short for me for the match that I kind of assumed I was going to be writing about when it started. Yeah, Nick, this one was one that I think would have benefited from some of the other matches not being on the show. Uh, what about you? Yeah, Even that's if a, we weren't now we're like 16 of the day. Yeah, no, and I this is I think when the crowd was kind of just not where it should have been. Uh, it was 20. It was the longest. I was I, I actually have the Wikipedia open. At least according to Wikipedia, it was about a minute longer than Swerve in Our Glory versus the Acclaimed. I uh, did not need to be that long. Chris Jericho, he's I mean he's in great shape for great shape for someone his age. I don't think I need to see him doing 20 25 minute matches. Like, I, I don't want to say he lost a step towards the end, but there was definitely, like, there's a crispness to Brian Danielson that there was not there with Jericho, at least I thought. I thought he kind of lost it a little bit at the end in terms of his sharpness. Not necessarily, like, I was like, oh, he's blown up. But I was like, eh, I wish that was a little bit tighter. I wish this was a little bit better. Is yeah, it fair to compare I, I him to Danielson, though? I mean, come on, like... I didn't well, have a giant part, well, if the entire gimmick is I'm the best professional wrestler and sports entertainer in the world, and I got lucky because I, I understand that is the story, but it also would have been nice if he would have actually been full. Like, if Ricky Steamboat can come back and do all this stuff, I, I want to see Lionheart Jericho be Lionheart Jericho for one night where it's just constant motion going, going, going. And I don't think he totally got there. I, I didn't. I didn't have a problem with the execution. I thought the match kind of circled back on itself a couple times. Yeah, like, and it that felt was like oh, okay, we're we're back to doing the lion tamers, and now the I don't know how many times they did lion tamer teases, and they did uh, the elbows, and they they did the. It just felt like they. It felt like the match kind of like they rewound it and ran back parts of it again. I don't know. It's usually Danielson's matches are really, really sharply put together. You know? Yeah, yeah, and yes. I didn't feel like this was as much which is more my problem with it than the execution, which I actually kind of like the execution. I kind of enjoy Jericho as like an old guy who will potato you. And he was like really laying it in, in some of these, in some of these shots in a way that sometimes people, when they get in there with Danielson can't live up to the level of what he's going to deliver. But Jericho's, you know, rabbit punching him in the temple really hard. And I kind of <laughs> like that part. And like if this, if this, like if this, it said, all right, we're gonna, we got, 
15 minutes, 14 minutes from you guys, and this would have been much better. Yes. It felt like, you know, it felt like it just went, which is weird because, you know, other stuff on, if you're ever going to have a show where you cut a match a little short, it's the show that's going five hours with, with 27 matches on it, right? I mean, this is when right. you have these guys work a tight 15 minute, you know, hard hitting match and still run the same finish. I don't know. I mean, it was pretty good, but I, yeah, it was a good match, but it was, it was a little flabby. It felt like. Well, and that's kind of as we transition on here, because I agree. I felt like it, there was many times I was like, that's the end. Oh, it's still going, but not in like the good kind of way. Uh, I, I like the match, but at this point in the show, I was like, I was kind of, I was looking at what matches were next. You know what I mean? And speaking of things that you feel like are going to be over, but they continue right before that, we had Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Beautiful and segue. That was a, um, so radio yeah. professional, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's all downhill from here, so enjoy it while it lasts. Nick, me and you are writers. We, we use our writing fingers. Yeah. We come on here and we let Jack, who's a professional. Yeah, I want to hear a green right. deal from you later on, buddy. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, we have this. Uh, I thought this, this was because I feel like this was, has been going on for a hundred years. I think this yes. rivalry started uh, two years before AEW started. Uh, it's been that long. But I, this was actually my favorite thing going. of the night. I, this was my favorite thing of the night. I know that sounds very silly, but I love any chance for Christian to just be the biggest shit heel possible. And this was this was just premium shit heel content. I, I really enjoyed this, not as a match, obviously, but as a as a segment, as an angle. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I I certainly didn't think I, I didn't leave that pay per view thinking, man, I wish I had one more match. Yeah. So oh, the yeah. fact that they in left terms of this, that, yes. This in was terms a thing. pacing. It was wonderful. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, at some point, they're actually going to have to have a match, but maybe yes. that that would be better as some sort of thing that a cage match that you know is the main event of a big dynamite, as opposed to the you know the a match on the, the third, you know, fourth from the top, fifth from the top on a pay per view. Exactly. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. That's that's my pro- if this happened on Dynamite and then next week we were going to have the blow off match. Like, oh, cool. But yeah, at this point, I was very much like, oh, because, again, I, I don't know what else they're going to say. I, I feel like they've kind of gone through all the motions at this point. But whatever I did, loser I, least, I, my guess would be some sort of loser leads AEW thing so they can write Christian off so he can just go backstage and then come back a couple of months later or a year later. That would be my guess is you kind of just write him off the television for a little bit and have Jungle Boy or sorry, Jungle Jack Perry just murderize him, just obliterate him, wipe him off the face of the earth kind of stuff. That's what I would do. I will say this was one of the first matches that I got to the point where I was looking at the actual, like how many matches are left. I was like, Oh man, four left. And when this one was really quick, I was like, Oh, that's nice. <laughs> like, you know, so um, I, I, that, I enjoyed uh, Bob, the show. I'm just saying like this, this I was starting from the last part and I'm working backwards. So at this yeah, point, Jack Perry's like, back was really gross too, which I like. Oh, oh, that was awesome. That visually, that was, that was just incredible because he, he slammed him right on the grate, and the grate just went through Jack Perry's skin on his back. Yeah, it was wonderful. That was nasty. That was awful. I, I was thinking as soon as I saw that, I was thinking, Jack God, Perry we're messed up. This. <laughs> yeah, this isn't healthy, guys. Jack, you know, Jack Perry off. was dead. Me and your parents, Nick. We probably shouldn't get such fucking glee. Well, my wife's some guys a nurse, back. so like, she would have loved that. She would have been like, that's a dope cut. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it was a yeah. real good, it was a good week uh, weekend for like, you know, visible body bruising, right? You had yes. opener of this, you had Gunther uh, uh, Seamus on the oh, interview. It's some good, some good, like real uh, 
real trauma. I'll, I'll tell you, I would, take, reaction, my wife I, would take the, I would take the great before I take uh, Gunther any day of the week, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but um, before this, this is something that happened throughout the match or the, throughout the show. And I want to get your guys' take on this. We had Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm versus uh, Karushita. And um, of course, uh, Sheeta gets taken out, but then eventually comes back. Hater's about to get the win. Britt bakes it up and then uh, tries to pin Hater. But Tony Storm takes advantage of it all. It gets the win, and she is the new interim AEW champion. The crowd, though, was very much behind Jamie Hater uh, throughout this one. And Phil, I want your thoughts on this. Was the crowd just kind of being like, let's pick the person we don't think is going to win? or because this happened throughout the show, and we'll get to another match that this was a very big. I was kind of getting the feeling the crowd was telling AEW we're ready for some different people that you're not. Yeah, giving us a I, I, to I think Jamie Hader is really. I mean, it feels like there's a groundswell for her as a as a wrestler. I mean, and I, I actually think it's fine that she didn't win the title here. I don't actually think she showed up. Actually, maybe even though I think people are sick of Brett that having her win the title and then having Jamie be the one to take it off of her is the way to go. Tony Storm doesn't feel like she's got any sort of role or support or, I mean, she just completely feels like another person out there without any real, you know, juice behind her at all. So I think the smart thing would have been Brett, Brett wins. Everybody is furious because nobody wants to see her with the title. And then Jamie, you know, gets that from her. And then I think you really have something in this division, which I don't think right now you really do. Is there something to be said, uh, Nick, about maybe having Hater versus Britt not for the title while Tony defends the title against maybe Sheeta or whoever, and then Tony gets a successful defense and Hater beats Britt, making her a number one contender, and now you've got multiple storylines? Well, the question becomes how long is it going to be an interim title? Is this, uh, like, obviously there's is it a legit injury or not. I don't mean it that way. I'm saying, like... I think a lot of that will be determined by how long uh, Thunder Rosa is going to be out because I think Tony Storm would have won it tonight if not, possibly. Like, I think it would have been 50-50 or uh, Pickham, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think it would have been a crazy thing for her to have won a solo against Thunder Rosa. So I, I don't know. I, I think this is a nice shortcut for them to get to that feud that you're talking about. But I, I don't... I don't think that wasn't the plan. I think things got probably messed up a little bit when they were like, Thunder Rosa can't work our biggest show. Uh, let's put on another good match. Uh, like it's basically what this match did not really have a reason to be in the way that almost other than obvious, the obvious, like win the title and get it sense. It didn't have a reason to be in a way that a lot of other matches did. Uh, so I, I just thought the I thought the match was really good, but I, I don't know if we can really take beyond them testing stuff out, doing pilot stuff, and then five, six months from now, maybe breaking up Hater and Britt. Though I do agree, I think people are very tired of Britt. I like Britt. I'm starting to get a little tired. And I'm not like the core audience. Oh, wow, that's what yeah. they've ever said. Uh, a core audience of the, uh, of AEW. But I do think that they are, there's the crowd reaction of, even when she does the cheap heat stuff, they're like, okay, we get, yeah, you're getting us upset. Cool, go away. I, I didn't think yeah. that match was very good at all. I thought it was the worst match on the show. What, what about it? I just didn't think it was particularly well executed. And I don't think it, you know, I don't think the right person went over it. I don't think it had a ton of heat. I just didn't think it was very good. 
And I, I don't know if, I know Tony Storm's got a great reputation, but I don't really, you know, I've never really seen a ton out of her that makes me jump up and think she's a great wrestler. I mean, I think that's the problem with the AEW women's division. A lot of people really want them. You always see people on Twitter grousing about how there's not enough women's matches and they just don't have the, I don't know if they've really got the talent. And it's, it's you know, I, I don't know whether there's a solution to that, but I don't really think they've got, they just don't have, you know, the 10th best women's wrestler in the WWE is probably better than anybody AEW has. Is there, so with this match, um, do you think that there were things they could have done to make it better? Or do you think it was a situation where this was as bad as good? Like, like based on who was in it and who they had available and the situation they were given, do you think it was as good as it could have been? Or do you think that um, there were things along the way that went wrong, if that makes sense? Oh well, I liked it, so I don't know. How I, feel. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there's a way to. I don't know if there was a way to solve it. I think the wrong person went over, but outside of that, I don't. Oh know. yeah, I 100. I, I like. I think in terms of making the match interesting, if that was the goal at all, I would have not had Tony go over. Uh, if the goal was just to do what you were going to do anyways, sure. I did enjoy it more than Phil, but I definitely think there's a lack of crispness. Again, go back to that with the the. Not actually. I, I if we can, can we talk about both matches? Can we kind of transition to the Athena Jade match? Because I actually yeah. really like that match. I thought uh, I think Jade is just. She reminds me of like, and uh, Phil might yell at me because he likes me, <laughs> but uh, he she reminds me a lot of a young Randy Orton, like a RNN level Randy Orton, where he's starting oh, to put yeah. together. And, but he has so much natural ability and he gets it in all the little ways. He doesn't have like the little, the way he drops out of the ring that he gets later on. And she doesn't have all of that stuff, but she is just, I think she's just incredible. And I thought that match was a great showcase for her. And there seems to be and this is something Kaz brought up a couple of times during the Mass Man podcast. There was no reason for her to not be in that match other than that she's the TBS champion, but she's 36 and 0, now 37 and 0. There was literally no reason not for her to, she should just be the super champion. She's the best women's wrestler they have, and, but maybe not women's wrestler. She's the best performer in the women's division. I think she is the most over. I don't know how you guys feel, but I think she's incredible. I mean, I, mean, I kind of get why they do that, though, because I think they like to have the idea of um, a long wrestling at least one long women's match on every show and jade isn't ready to have long wrestling matches yet yeah that's fair so i think that's the reason that she i agree with you i think she's the you know i i think she's i do i like her a lot but she's not ready she's you know what is she 25 matches into her career or something like that 37 37. so she's i mean probably 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 about less than an hour of in-ring you know two hours of in-ring time but i mean honestly she should be working Indies in a mask or something like that. You get to go on them <laughs> oh together. yeah, no, no one would figure that one out. <laughs> no, <laughs> is that a Greek? Is that a goddess actually, like physically in the ring from Mount Olympus? That's wrestling right now. Okay, you know, sure. It's interesting. I, I, I kind, I mean this in a good way, but AEW has a Jade Cargill problem in the fact that I feel like she is so much of a star beyond everything else. I don't know who you put her in the ring with that doesn't like she just eats everyone alive when she is standing. Ne- I can't imagine anyone standing next to her and being like, oh, they seem like equals. Like, Charlotte Flair. That's like, well, that's I, the level. Right. It, not not right. in AEW, but I think don't think they're I, I think it's really important. There's no one in AEW that they could sign 
I don't think right. that would be right. enough. Naya, maybe? Masha Slamovich might be. Okay. She, would, she would be somebody. I mean, yeah. I'm going into my bag a little bit. But yeah, I'm, trying, yeah. I'm trying to think of people that you could sign that could seemingly maybe seem like a, uh, 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 you know, an opponent. Uh, Masha yeah. Slamovich might be one of them. Um, Max the Impaler might be the other one. If you're I looking mean, for me to get, if you're looking me yeah. for me to do some scouting. Yes, <laughs> I need you to do that. And then I need you to write to Tony Khan and be like, get your shit together. Here's a list. <laughs> I used all my Tony Khan juice to get Slim J signed. I don't have any. I don't, I don't know. My, well my, dude, my dude Slim J signed. I don't know if I, I don't know if, I, if Tony's eager to do me any additional favors, but and then those would be the two. Uh, those would be the two. Uh, if you're looking to, uh, Megan Bain is really big too. Those were your three yeah. like indie people that they could pull in, and I think maybe could look credible. But I think they're probably just going to have her, you know, in the ring with veterans who she can, you know, learn to develop. But like, if Fina's a good person for that, right? She's been around forever. There's a that, yeah. solid, yeah. solid worker, and his gun couldn't lose. I mean, I think she, I think a Sheeta, uh, Jane Cargill feud would do a similar thing where she's like, you know, been around for a really long time and. Mm-hmm is a, a professional. So I think that's the idea is you put her in with professionals and have her beat professionals for a while. And yeah. she sort of, you know, gets a, a more, yeah. 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 But yeah, as of right now, there's no one I can imagine without them signing someone or whatever, where she would lose. And I'd go, I believe that that makes sense. You know, uh, and, and that's not a, a shot at anyone on AEW's roster. That's just because I mean, she's just Argo, a transcendent. Just, She's like, transcendent. She's the best, one of the best like, prospects I've ever seen in the like as far as I'm concerned. Gary Gary Nelson claims I'm making up names. Gary, I have written uh, up Masha Slamovich and Max the Impaler matches for the Ringer.com. Go look at the archives. <laughs> Those are real people <laughs> <laughs> who I've written match. I've written up. You guys should be reading the website. Yeah, why aren't you guys reading it? the website? By yeah, the read way. the fucking website, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, read the website, Gary. Yeah, yeah, Gary. Yeah, Gary. You know how much good wrestling writing is happening on the Ringer.com, not just my stuff. I interviewed I mean, Big E. Mostly yeah. my stuff, but other people wow. too. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nick's doing things. I mean, we got, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, why don't you like, comment, share, subscribe while you're there, Gary? <laughs> Christ, Thanks, Gary. Gary. We're the best, we're just, Gary. We're just you're teasing my dog, you, Gary. We're, we're just teasing you, Gary. Thank, thank, thank you for uh, for being, being nice about this. But I, this was, to me, match of the night, by the way. To me was Swerve in Our Glory I versus agree. the Acclaimed. Uh, I totally and, agree. Um, I feel like... I don't know what AEW should have done here, but um, I, and I really rarely feel this way, Nick, but I feel like they should have called an audible. Like, I feel like, I don't know what happened, but like the acclaimed are one of the, AEW's got something with the acclaimed, I think. Yes. Like, yeah, no, I think, I think they have an overact that actually lives up to the expectations in the ring. Like they are an over, they are like, if ironically, uh road dog, could wrestle like in terms yeah. of uh, a nice gimmick that is over in a way with the crowd. Then they go in the ring, they put on a good show, but they connect emotionally with the audience because they like to have fun in a way that I think doesn't debol- like undermine their toughness. And I think the Bowen stuff in that match was a real strong testament to that, that he looked really tough 
in that match. He looked like a guy that could take a lick and keep on ticking. And I was mm-hmm. very impressed by both of them, but in particular him during this match. I this was I agree with you by far my favorite, my the best match of the night. It was very close in terms of the Jade match, in terms of my favorite to make that distinction. Like I definitely don't think Jade's match was the best, but I thought this this was the best match of the night. Yeah, they were uh, Phil is is they, as we get into this. I love Swerve and Our Glory. I like them individually. I like the team, but like maybe I got caught up in the moment with the crowd. Like they were. They, they were like booing Keith Lee at points and even saying like, oh, scissor me, daddy. It was like, I, I, yeah, I, I think they didn't know. It's crazy. I think there's, you have a lot of credit to Keith Lee and uh, Shane Strickland, who clearly audibled and started working that match heavily heel in a way that I don't think they were coming into that match planning on doing. Like, I don't think, I, I, I think those, I think some of that, I think a lot of, a lot of what made that match was that those guys, I think realized, hey, we've got to change the way that we had this laid out. And we got to work straight heel in a way yeah. that you got some guys who are veterans have been around a while. That's a really, I thought that was really smart wrestling on their part. Maybe I'm wrong about that and just reading into it, but it felt like that while I was watching it. It's like, oh man, these guys acknowledge what's going on and they're going to change the way they work around it. Um, and yeah, I thought Bowens is, I mean, I don't, I, don't think he really hurt his knee, but that was like a really smart way to get a knee injury, kind of like a either reacting to a botch and then selling or having a botch in the match that was actually not something blown, but actually part of the match. Yeah, it was really good. I, you know, I don't know. I, I think I'm probably going to write about uh, Punk Moxley, but I don't know. That was that that's up there. I was definitely could definitely up until the main event. I was, you know, thinking about writing. I was thinking about what I was going to say about that match. Uh, it was really good. And, and also in a thing where, you know, like that wasn't in a position to, del- I mean, I guess they got a lot of time, which was good, but they, I don't think people were coming into this show expecting that to steal the show. Whatever. No, no, not at all. And again, I, I like both teams, but yeah, that was a, uh, that, that was. I, a I did want to say one thing. Uh, it is stunning always how big Billy Gunn is. Yes. He is the biggest human being that's ever wrestled. On, on like, Earth. Ever, it's insane. He he was. I don't want to say he's towering over Keith Lee, but he was bigger than Keith Lee. That blew my mind into tiny little pieces. He yeah. is. Who? What a hoss! <laughs> I feel like he's one of those guys that like he doesn't have an actual height. Just no matter who he's next to, he's always a little exactly. Taller he just like, grows a little bit bigger. He's like, but, yeah. Like if you if he said hello to like Omos, he'd somehow be taller than Omos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. I was like, did he just like blow himself up to be bigger than Keith Lee? <laughs> um, and it's crazy because you just think of the size of the guys that you, we used to watch wrestle. And like right. Keith Lee is very big by modern standards and stuff he does is incredible, but it's like he's still smaller kind of than Billy Gunn. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I never thought of Billy Gunn like during the New Age Outlaws. I was never like, oh, Billy Gunn is so massive. He's the power guy. I was like, oh, yeah. He's because everyone was six like, foot five and uh, uh, they yeah. were, you know, enhanced. Let's put it nicely. They were enhanced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, in the in the sake of not keeping the show going for another six hours, uh, we'll move on to uh, the, the match right before that was uh, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks. I think this one surprised a lot of people because Ricky Starks, I always feel like, is like the future of, of the company. Uh, Phil, Hobbs gets a pretty dominant win here in what I thought was one of the first matches that set a tone of, for me anyways, kind of feel like, oh, the person I was hoping would win wouldn't, didn't. Um, 
Uh, I love powerhouse Hobbs. I want both these guys to be big, but Phil, were you shocked by Ricky Starks taking such a clean loss here? Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I don't didn't hate it though. I mean, I don't think that's the end of their the issue between those two. And I think maybe, you know, I think they are trying to do some reprogramming as fans that matches can end quickly. That matches can end in, you know, you know, can go 20 minutes, but they can go five minutes too if somebody as big as Powerhouse Hobbs lays you out with a spine muster like that. So I mean, I think I think they're gonna have a longer match. I think they'll have more matches with each other. I think Ricky Starks will be fine. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I didn't hate it. I kind of liked it. Nick, are you selling all your Ricky Ricky Starks stock? I I didn't have any to begin with. I had put it all in Powerhouse Hobbs because yeah. I'm a Haas man. Uh, Cash so, in, baby. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I'm a, I'm a big a big Haas boy. Uh, so. Yeah. I, I really love Powerhouse Hobbs in this match. I thought Ricky Starks, he looks great. He's a very good wrestler. I just was not at all surprised that he went down the way he did because he got caught. I think that was the cool part. And I thought throughout the night, I might get yelled at for this, as I, I often do. Uh, Taz, I thought, was an exceptional uh, commentator for most of the matches, in particular this match and the Danielson match because of his rapport with uh Regal, but this match in particular, I thought he added a lot of insight. And and part of what that was, no, that spinebuster kills you. You're dead when he hits that spinebuster. And uh, it really sold it for me. On top of it, just looking great. I I do want to add. I agree with the, the Taz comments. I think what makes Taz great is because he's a tough guy. When he yes. says like, "Oh no, that really hurts," I totally like. Oh well, if he says so. <laughs> like, uh, no, exactly. Wrestler. There's so like, much inherent credibility, and uh, he, yeah, he's he's. I think he really is the guy that, and they did it great tonight, the guy that should be in every match and you can switch the people around him because I think he's an excellent, along with Excalibur, an excellent color commentating team, if that makes sense. Right, absolutely. Um, before that, we had a, uh, and, and it looks like we're kind of getting some news coming in here, so I want to make sure we get to that before we go. Uh, we got a, a few quick uh, quick ones we'll get to, though, first. Uh, Jay Lethal, Motor City Machine Guns versus Wardlow and FTR. Uh, this one to me, Nick, was a fun one. I, I wasn't really looking forward to this, to be totally honest, uh, but it turned out to be pretty fun. I thought Motor City Machine Guns came out fun and uh, Wardlow looked unstoppable. Joe returns. We get a feel good moment at the end. Um, a good, uh, just a good feel good kind of matchup. I don't know if there's anything to take away from it, though. Any thoughts? Yeah. No, it was it was an angle match. It was, the goal was to get the like kid to kind of the adorable child to come out and and beat up the guy and get the pin at the end after they, they themselves had gotten the pin. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot, a lot. Um, I love Wardlow so, and I don't like Jay Lethal. So again, another, but I think he's uh, more openly a dirtbag. Uh, so I feel more comfortable. <laughs> being like, uh, I was very happy to see him get the powerbomb symphony. And uh, I love, love, love Motor City Machine Guns, Murder City Machine Guns. So I was, mm-hmm extremely happy that they were in this match they they are maybe my favorite tag team of all time so i was i was very hyped about that i was less hyped about Jay lethal but i thought it was a very fun match but it didn't do anything other than be like oh it's a fun 15 minute match yeah the um i love motor city machine guns as well anything to take away from this one phil i teared up at the girl i used to be a tough guy but i am a big pile of marshmallows now so when she came, <laughs> came out both times i like was tearing up so that was really nice outside of that and that was fine 
it is funny uh, as you get older. Like as like, if I was younger, I'd be like, we don't have time for this stuff. And now as I'm older, I'm like, oh, you do. You, this is this is so precious. I love it. I, yeah, it's yeah, so so wonderful. <laughs> like that's, I mean, I, that's the dream, man. Like, I, yeah, I feel. I, I mean, I cry almost every other episode of Bluey, so I'm probably not the guy to like go to. <laughs> what, kind of mo- what kind of monster doesn't cry at Bluey? I mean, <laughs> right? well, don't watch Baby Race, guys. Do not watch Baby Race. Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, so outside of that, I thought it was okay. I, I, you know, you had a lot of matches. This was one that felt like you could. I get you need to go get Wardlow, and it felt like uh, we need to get Wardlow and uh, and um, FDR, FDR on the paper. So here, here they are, and that was it. It achieved that, uh, yeah. but you know, would have. I don't know what the. I don't. I don't. The, this that particular Jay Lethal group of dudes is not a guy's. It feels like. That those feels like that should be the trustbuster spot. Yeah, the your jail your uh, it feels like you don't need both of you don't need those guys and the trustbusters. I was gonna have one of them. It is like the least threatening team in in (laughs) AEW. You know, like like when they're uh oh they're coming out. I'm like yeah you're you're gonna be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't worry about it. But teams that are doing pretty good, the Elite versus the Dark Order, and for the trios championships, uh, we get the Elite getting the big win. Um, The story of all this though is Adam Page doesn't want Dark Order to beat up on his friends when they're hurt, and uh, Page accidentally hits his own partner, and the Elite are your first and new trios champions. Phil, what I love about the Elite whenever they have matches is there's so many little story moments in their matches as far as their characters and things like that. Uh, But Phil... I hate that shit. I I, I, I I thought the actual work in that match was okay, but the... The, the the all of the the high the the uh, uh, high school drama class stuff I thought really was cornball and not done well, and the I I don't hurt my friends he's got a bad back all that stuff I thought was goofy how not do, good how dare how dare you besmirch the name <laughs> I I love Adam he I love Adam Page I yeah. I, I was very disappointed at the outcome of this match but in a good way. I felt for him when he hit the buckshot. And I think it, what was interesting, it was, it was less that he hit the buckshot on silver and more that he could not save him after he did. And I, I, and this is where I disagree with Phil. I like those little story beats on top of all of the other, like I think in order for that story beat to work, all of the other bad acting stuff, I wish they were better actors, but I don't necessarily think it was a bad idea to include that stuff. Yeah, I to me it it makes it made it more interesting to me because I feel like it gives them somewhere to go after this. I think if they were just two random teams, like like if this was Death Triangle versus the Elite, then I'd be like, okay, well, what's next for Death Triangle and what's next for the Elite? I don't know, but now there's like little branches of where I can see things going, so I I enjoy that aspect of it. Um, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot more that comes from it. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. 
This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Guys, there's been some news breaking as we've been uh, chatting here. Apparently, there was a, a media scrum and our, our pal CM Punk had some things to say. Now, Brian Waters, our intrepid producer, it sent me a text with some of the things he's saying. Apparently, uh, he went off about Cole Cabana and them not being friends. And he said that we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs who can't manage a target and spread lies on him, getting him fired, and it's embarrassing. He said, what did he ever do to deserve an empty-headed dumb F like uh, Adam Page to go out on national television and go into business for himself? So, oh, my God. I hate CM Punk so much. I, I Not hate. Hate is a strong word. But, like, unless yeah. this doesn't work. This dude is such a dipshit. It's like, clearly a work. Yeah. If it's if Jesus it's Christ, it's pro wrestling. <laughs> I had, but no, I think that he has a tendency to air his grievances out in public in a way that he can always be like, "Well, it was a work." And I just, I think he's a real life dickhead, and I don't want. I don't say I don't want him to succeed, but like this stuff is too like. I don't know. It's are you working the boys? Like, what are you doing? I, I don't know. It's it's just bush league stuff to me. I, I don't know. But it, you obviously feel different. But I, I I think it's just bush league stuff. I don't think it, he's the juice ain't worth the squeeze for me with Punk, and this is a prime example of it. Yeah, Phil Nick had some strong words uh, there. Phil, how do you respond? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I have to watch it, right? I, obviously, we're on this. Yeah, I, that's this. we're on this, and, and yeah. we're getting, we're, we're getting, I'm getting, you know, we're getting stuff in the chat, and and and, but you know, I, I don't know. I grew up in Washington D.C. in the '90s, man. I knew a lot of kind of asshole, straight edge kids. So oh, it's like almost, I'm kind of, almost, I'm kind of, oh, well, that's the thing is, I so also I kind, knew of, a, I kind of have some kids. fondness for his for him, like I do not kind of asshole, straight edge guy. I don't know. I don't like kind of. I was friends with a lot of guys like that. Uh, I was not. <laughs> and I think it's, I think, you know, I appreciate him. You know, I appreciate his, I don't know. I, I, I certainly think the juice is worth the squeeze. I think that's, I think he's been, I think, you know. You just funny. like his first name, bro. I don't know why, yeah. I don't know why Greg's not here. It feels like he was supposed, he was advertised for the show. And it feels like he needs to show up and Card really. Card is subject to change, bro. Speaking <laughs> really, of really throw, really throw them, the punk hate into full embrace but yeah. i thought that, i thought he just had a really really great world title match and has been really good all pretty much universally since he's come and i think the fact that you know i, I think that some of it's a work i think it's a bench i think maybe it didn't start out as a work but i think it's a work now and i think when you get cm punk out of page it's gonna have a lot of fucking heat it's gonna be a really good match. oh with me yeah in particular i do uh, sorry and it's hard to get a good it, it's hard to get a good match out of page so but i think cm punk can do it oh, oh now 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 hold your cowboy horses you don't get it i'm not gonna beat you up <laughs> we 
I, I, I love when they blur the lines, but sometimes it makes me feel good. Sometimes it makes me feel a little crummy. Like I liked the Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay stuff. I love that. That makes me like, that's feisty. This kind of makes me feel like yes. gross. And I don't know why mm-hmm. I can't, I can't tell you why I, I, I can't, I, there's just something about it. One because like, one's fun, unprofessional. One feels one, yeah, one is something unprofessional to say about your colleague, and the other one is something you say about your rival in the context of a show. Like, I think there is an inherent presupposition that what's happening on screen, even if it's MJF, is kayfabe. And if it's happening in a media scrum, I think there's a difference between that. And the things that were said, like an empty-headed dumb F, is a different thing than like what was said otherwise you know what i'm saying like, i think those are two very different vibes for for me at least again <laughs> yeah yeah interesting so we got some stuff in the chat carlos says he agrees with nick uh unless colt goes on dynamite and makes it a storyline this won't happen andy says the comments don't align um gary says uh, uh talking to someone else uh, talking to carlos is interesting that he says the comments have no connection to the storyline Andy says it felt like a shoot uh so yeah i guess what and he's punching down he's the probably the highest guy highest paid guy on the roster like there's a lot of gross stuff with it i don't think punching down with evps obviously i think that's a different thing i think the page stuff is a little like what if you're trying to make money off of this cool but it i don't know it just it comes off to me as unprofessional which he has a history of doing so i don't know (laughs) so yeah i guess we'll have to see how uh how that all all plays out. Now you want to go see this this thing. So I think that covers it for us. Now some of us have been watching. Oh, can, oh go ahead. Can we talk about the Eddie Kingston match? I know. I assume. Yeah, we got to talk about the Eddie Kingston match. <laughs> oh, that well, that, look. That we're was, going into zero hour. Okay, let's go. No, nothing, is there any other matches we talked? We talked about all. We haven't talked about all the matches. Maybe we've covered everything we want to cover, right? We covered everything we need to. Let's do. You want to can talk we have about, dessert? Pop? Can we talk about Hook and Angelo Parker for a little bit? I was a really great no. punch by Angelo Parker. Yeah. Like his one, like one shot to the eye. I was like, yeah, that was a great looking punch. Angelo yeah. Parker. That guy rules. He's so yeah. good. Those and are, I'm always happy to, his team, I would have paid money so to see fun. Daddy Manager. Uh, I was like, both I, great. God, they're, no, they're fantastic. Yeah. No, but I'm saying like, I would have paid just to have Daddy Magic on screen during the pay-per-view. Like I would have been okay if they just pushed that in there because I would have paid for Daddy Magic. He's, he's money as far as I'm concerned. Those guys are and I so thought that was fun. a fun match. I love them so much. So fun. Yeah, I think that they they entertain me to no end. So I was, I was actually okay. But let's talk about let's talk about Eddie Kingston uh, and Ishii. What you wanted to dive into it? Take it away. It's just I thought it was a nice compliment uh, to the uh, Sheamus uh, Walter Sheamus Gunther sorry Gunther match mm-hmm. uh, in terms of just two dudes just beating the shit out of each other and that's what wrestling is to me i'm not mm-hmm. saying it's sh- what wrestling should be but like that is the the first ishii match i saw was the I, i'm i'm totally blanking on the name uh wrestle is wrestle kingdom nine i think is the wanton it was the oh god magabi the open weight never the never open weight championship match where they just beat the shit out of each other for like 20 minutes phil will know exactly what match i'm talking about um yeah. He wrote and it. Togo Makabe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, no, he, I, yeah, this was quite great. I actually am not the biggest Ishii fan, but mm-hmm. I thought this was a really great Ishii. Match. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just, just like, I just, because Kingston, I think, adds some, can add a bunch of little, you know, grace notes 
that it, mm-hmm. it isn't just two guys standing. Yeah, what an incredible professional killing each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kings is so goddamn good. The, the thing where he kind of semi blew the Baba clothesline and then adjusted into a brief shoulder injury and then turned it into a feint to throw some suplexes. I mean, it's the way yeah. his brain works, man. That That's yeah. the kind of thing most wrestlers that would derail a match. And he just yeah. turned it into a cool little moment to attack. And he's, you know, this was really great. The Kingston Mirafuji match, he had a couple, he had last week, which was a similar vein, was also really great. I mean, I, he's, you know, he can do basically no wrong at this point. And I just, I mean, this was, you know, you got to love a guy, two guys absolutely brutalizing each other like that. Ishii was great. Ishii at the end where he seemed to fucking pissed off that he lost and also dazed. I mean, what a, what a cool performance by him too, for a guy who I think sometimes can be a little one note in New Japan. I, I'm actually glad you guys pulled the, like, made me stop to talk about this one because it is one of those. It, I almost did what I think a lot of people will probably do is just kind of gloss over it. But as you guys talk about it, it is so incredible just how good these guys are. And uh, Phil, I'm glad you mentioned that spot that any other spot, anyone else does that, you would be like, oh, they messed up big time. But the way Eddie Kingston was able to. I thought he was hurt. That's how was, good he is. I was like, oh my God, did he hurt it? Please don't hurt himself. And then he immediately yeah. turned it into chicken shit into chicken salad. I, he is as good a professional wrestler as I think there is working right now. In terms of the intangibles, in terms of the getting it, in terms of like all that in ring stuff, he is just, he is so next level. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. And hopefully anyone who skipped the, uh, the zero hour. Yeah, go back and go watch that it match. It is uh, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's 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 not one of those, you know, not a lot of super kicks in it, but uh, there's a lot of chops, though. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anything else, I guess, before you guys want to get off your chests before we uh, we wrap up here. Anyway, I have a hot take. Was this the yeah. worst AEW pay-per-view ever? You know, I hate that you asked that question because I don't want to come off like a negative Nancy, but I may be my least favorite. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think, a better way. I don't think it was the worst. I think it was the least successful in what it was trying to do. But I, I definitely like this was the first time I was like, that was worth exactly like $50 and not anymore. You know, that's like kind of how yeah. I judge it. It's like I would pay for this five times. So it's like I, I was OK paying for this. But at the same time, I was like. Well, we can write it off on our taxes. <laughs> yeah. right. I'm not going to mention that. <laughs> right. Yes. Don't don't break kayfabe, bro. <laughs> right. Is, that was a business expense for us. Uh, but look, no, yeah, I think it probably was. I mean, I didn't love the. They've changed the direction of their work in a way that's more my style in recent years. Like I'm a more of a CM Punk, Brian Danielson. Uh, guy oh, so you're Eddie Kingston guy then I am like a Kenny <laughs> Omega Young Bucks uh guy the Lucha Brothers guy so I liked this more than I like some of their earlier pay-per-views that had a style of wrestling I'm less a fan of but I think this was probably the one where it's like if you looked at every match on paper the number of matches that exceeded expectations it's usually all it's usually all exceed expectations here I think a lot of them underwhelm and mm-hmm. it doesn't usually happen. Like if you like something like Forbidden Door, where it's like I don't know, I don't know if this is gonna be any good. No, this is really great. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah, that's exactly like, how I felt. Is that like every match was like cool, 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 and then I was like, oh, cool, it was good, except for the swerve in our in their glory and the and the acclaimed match. That was like that was fantastic. 
Yeah, that was. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I'm trying to like maybe I should write about that. I think it was the most surprising that it was so good. I think yeah. it's the nicest way to put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think um, so much of it was so, I feel like everything got so close to being so incredible, but it feel like right. Nothing ever about- got into the gear it needed to. It felt like everything was yeah. kind of like getting a little into the red, except for, I think the Jade match, I think the Jade match kind of broke off exactly what it needed to. And the acclaimed match, to a certain extent, but that was obviously way longer. So the, the discharge is a little different. Well, I, and I think even the acclaim match, and this isn't their fault. Maybe they, they didn't, may not realize whatever, but I felt like, cause I was so hoping that acclaimed one was like, ah, oh, my, the team I wanted to win didn't win, which is my fault, whatever. But like, I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of let down. And it was kind of like, Oh, is this going to happen? Oh no, it didn't happen. If I, we, everything got so close to what I was looking for. And then it didn't happen. I mean, uh, you know, Phil, I know you wanted CM Punk to win, so you probably don't feel that way. But I felt a little bummed. I was like, oh, Mox lost. You know, and I don't know. I, maybe it's just from my personal standpoint of what I wanted to happen. But I felt like a lot of these matches were like, oh, is this going to happen? Oh, not the way I wanted it to go. Um, but sometimes it happens in wrestling. So, no, um, I won't allow it. <laughs> you <wanna? laughs> Bangers only. <laughs> Um, but, uh, before we sign off here, I want to thank everybody so much for, uh, joining us in the chat, Rob Lopez, Gary Nelson, Carlos, David, uh, Aaron Taylor. Uh, I think a lot of people have signed off already, so I'm going to scroll up, but, uh, but yeah, everyone, thank you so much for being in the chat with us and join us. If you listen to this later on, uh, Spotify or Apple or wherever, five-star review, all that good stuff. Uh, before we go though, Phil, where can the world find you and everything you're working on? Uh, on the ringer.com every Monday, I am writing about the three best matches of the week. So everybody should go read that. I'm on Twitter, uh, Phil A. Schneider, uh, as well, but, and then Segunda Caida, which I don't write on so much anymore, but it's still an amazing blog full of great writers, uh, as well as buy my book on Amazon way of the blade. Um, Nick, you writing anything this week? Uh, yeah, so I just wrote the Haas thing about the Clash at the Castle on Saturday. I interviewed Biggie for that. And I am writing a piece on Gunther and Bobby Lashley and the mid-card. And that should be coming out sometime next week. And also we're updating, we're doing a big update on the power board. So we'll be redoing everybody's bios. And there will be some new people on it. So yeah. look forward to that. Uh, guys, and just, you know, FYI, we're doing some amazing writing on the ringer and wrestling these days. Yes. We are yes. turning the ringer into pro wrestling illustrated that writes a little bit about house of the dragon too. Uh, right. so yeah. folks, <laughs> that's the goal. folks, folks we're just taking be... over. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So folks should be reading like the read the website. Uh, uh, cause, uh, Seahawk, uh, he, he just joined and did a really cool thing. I want to give him a shout out. He did a really cool thing on, uh, on, um, on, Fuck, it's late at night. Uh, <laughs> on Ricky Starks, that was really good. And Oliver Bateman still doing it. it we'll do some cool stuff when folks die. And we're doing, you know, really, wow. We're really boosting up the, the, the writing on the site on wrestling. So yeah. I, I don't think there's anybody out there on any other site that's doing the kind of actual great writing on wrestling we're doing. Yeah, The Ringer, is. Re- you guys have done an incredible job. I strongly recommend everyone go check it out for the articles that are put up there. I make sure I check it out all the time. And uh, you guys have really done. I read the uh, the Haas thing with Big E. I read the Rick Starks thing. And, and Phil, I have no idea how you're going to pick three matches from this weekend. So bless you and good luck on that. And you can't uh, even ask Dave for, like, extras. Nice job. Yeah, he's not. He didn't Wait show up for. He didn't show up for the podcast. So I can't. Well, he's like enjoying his time with his family. 
like a sucker. Take it away. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, I'm going to have a barbecue with one of them. Spend time with my kids. I, I have kids too, Dave. I'm not with my fucking kids. Uh, I'm out here. I'm out here doing the work. Uh, but, <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah that work. Everyone. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. in any case, uh, my name's Jack Farmer. You can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. I'm on the Matt Mania podcast for the Ringer as well. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang up on you guys now. I think we're done. Jesus. Is that a good, is that a good, a good sign off? <laughs> yeah, I got another hour plus of being up and writing, so let me so, get at that. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. Thanks for watching the show and listening to the show. We'll see you all next time. Make sure to follow the Ringer, follow Phil, follow Nick, follow Jack, and we'll see you all some other time. That's it. Goodbye.